Today on Tacos Tuesday, we answer all of your PPC questions live, as well as discuss what you could be doing in terms of launching and auditing your PPC campaigns during the Q4 season. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Want to enter in an Amazon keyword and then within seconds get up to thousands of potentially related keywords that you could research? Then you need Magnet by Helium 10. For more information, go to h10.me forward slash Magnet. Magnet works in most Amazon marketplaces, including USA, Mexico, Australia, Germany, UK, India, and much more. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Dollars Podcast by Helium 10. I'm your host, Shivali Patel, and this is the show that is our monthly Tacos Tuesday presentation, where we talk anything and everything Amazon ads. So today we have a special guest with us, and that is Elizabeth Green, who is the co-founder of an Amazon ads agency called Jungler. So with that, let's go ahead and bring her up. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Very good. So nice to have you on. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. These are always, always fun. And what an exciting time to be talking about Amazon ads too at that. It's Q4. (laughs) My goodness, you must be slammed. Life, life is a little bit crazy right now, but you know, it comes with the territory. So it does. It does. It is peak season. I see we have someone comment. So it's a very exciting time to be in business. And I'm looking forward to reading your questions and hopefully having Elizabeth answer them. Now, the first question here says, what can you suggest for a beginner like me who is just starting out? And what and where can I learn to grow as much as possible? Yeah, that is a really good question. I would actually say there's two skills that one in the beginning, none of us have, and they are skills and they can be learned, even though they're considered more, quote, soft skills. Um, Data analytics made it not as much. My two things are going to be data analytics and communication skills. Um, Communication skills are you're going to find are quite important when it comes to um, management of accounts management of accounts that are not your own. So if you are, even if you're a brand manager in a company or, you know, obviously at an agency uh, seller and a sourcing person, okay, then I'm going to go with data analytics. (laughs) Data analytics are going to be your friend. Um, The things that I've kind of discovered have been like, you know, sort of mind blowing for me are um, the numbers behind the numbers. Meaning, so when you're trying to evaluate ACOS, right? A lot of people are like, oh, ACOS went up, ACOS went down. Great. I know this. I can look at the account. What the heck am I going to do about it? Data analytics, really good data analytics, not only tell you the what, but the why, and then the what next. Um, So you're, if you can get really, really good at the why and the what next, that's going to really set you apart. And the way that I kind of have come to it, and this is my own personal journey, maybe there's other people who are way smarter than me, have way better journeys. Um, But for me, it has been, again, understanding the numbers behind the numbers. So for example, right, um, you start in a little bit of a way, it's kind of like the matrix. So when you're breaking down, say, ACOS, right, you go, okay, ACOS went up, ACOS went down. Why? Right. What, What the heck happens? You're like, oh, wait, 
I can calculate a cost by ad spend divided by ad sales. Okay, so it's either that ad spend went up and sales remained consistent or went down, or ad sales went down and spend remained consistent. So you're like, oh, okay, there's those two variables. Okay, now I can say, okay, ad spend increased. And then I can go, okay, ad spend increased. Great, I know that. Why? <laughs> and then you're like, okay, so I can calculate my ad spend by my cost per click by my number of clicks. So either my cost per click went up or the number of clicks happening in my account went up. And then you can look at those two variables and go, oh, okay, it's the number of clicks. Why? Oh, I just launched a whole bunch of new stuff. Okay, that's why. Um, or my cost per click went up exponentially. Why? Maybe, you know, it's just a natural market change thing. <laughs> Talking about primetime peak season, now you're probably going to see cost per clicks going up. It's a market thing. Versus other times you might have aggressively increased a whole bunch of bids in your account. And so then you can check that. Um, so data analytics, that's the way I view it. Um, I am not classically trained on data analytics. I just have looked at it for over five years now and tried to figure out the what the heck is going on question and the what to do about it questions. And so those that's my way of sort of, I've learned to sort of peer into the matrix. So if you can get really good at understanding not just what the data is, but what it's telling you, um, that's really going to get you to the next level. Definitely. And I think a lot of people have very different strategies. I think Elizabeth's strategy, you know, is definitely one you should take into consideration, but also the best way to learn is going to be trial and error. And until you're really sifting through your own data, I think it's going to be hard to, uh, you know, gauge sort of what's happening. I think a lot of things in business are just as they come. Now, I want to kind of take the other side of that and go into, let's say somebody's not a beginner, right? Somebody's been selling for a while, they're more established. What do you recommend to somebody who might be evaluating or trying to audit their own PPC strategy? Hmm. Next level is going to be evaluating things on a per product level. And let me clarify, when I say per product, I mean per listing. The reason why is the data gets kind of funky when you pull it down to a SKU level. You definitely can, but there's some nuances that you really want to be aware of that can kind of lead you in the wrong direction if you're looking at a, a per SKU or a per child ASIN level. Um, but if you can start looking at your ad strategy, um, your sales growth, everything through the lens of listings, uh, that's really going to take you to the next level. So when you say listings, are you talking about maybe like the conversion metrics? Are you looking at the keywords that you're using? Sort of what is like the underlying factors, I guess. All the above. All, <laughs> all the, the above, above honestly. Um, to make sense of it all, because to your point, like force for the trees, if you look at like everything, then you walk away being like, I have no idea what in the world I'm supposed to focus on. Um, so the way that we've begun looking at it, um, and the reason why we started looking at it this is because we manage several clothing accounts. Um, talk about complexity, talk about force of the trees. Yeah. You're like, where in the world do I start? And you want to make impact on these accounts, right? You can't just like, all right, I did my bid adjustments and call it good. Like you really, we want to get it our hands dirty and like really start improving the accounts. But you're like, where in the world do I focus? Um, so what we've started doing is percentages of total have been a little bit of a game changer. They're not it's not the newest thing on the block. A lot of people use this percentages of total. But the two things that we look at is the percentage of total uh, sales of each. Again, we're talking about a listing level. Again, reason clothing, you have up to hundreds of different SKUs on a per listing level. Like how the heck do you make sense of it? So how we make sense of it is rolling it up to the parent listing level. And then um, 
looking at the percentage of total ad spent, again, on a per listing. So this gives you a lot of clarity into what products are driving the most uh, sales for the brand and then what products are we spending, are we investing the most ad spend on. And when you look at it this way, it's very common to have these things happen in the account. If you haven't been paying attention to them, you oftentimes will see like, oh, wow, this product's driving 2% of my total sales volume and I'm spending 10% of my total ad spend here. <laughs> like, yeah. That's probably a discrepancy. Maybe I should go and adjust those ads. Um, so that gives you a lot of clarity. And then to court of gauge, because again, we're an ad agency. So ads are the thing that we focus on the most to help you know, and drive improvements for the brands um, is we will look at the impact of the total spend on that per product. So again, percentage of total ad spend. And then we'll look at what we call like, quote, ad spend efficiencies, meaning a cost, total a cost, ad sale percentage, also the delta between your ad conversion rate and your total conversion rate or unit session percentage is actually a really helpful gauge. And so we're like, okay, we're investing most of our ad dollars here. How is our efficiency on that large investment? And then you can sort of pinpoint like, oh, wow, I'm investing most of my ad spend into this product to the point of like, 5% of total brand sales, 13% of total ad spend investments. And wow, the ad spend investments are really unprofitable. Now, if you're in a launch phase, there might, I mean, there's context that you need to add to the numbers to the point of like telling the story with data. Um, and if you're managing the brand, you probably know the context, but at least it gives us, okay, so here's two products we should dig into more. Here's two products we need to probably invest more of our ad spend on. And it really starts to clarify things when you really kind of understand how to see the picture in that way. Okay. And to kind of follow up on that, how do you really end up deciding which keywords to go after as well as maybe how to really structure them into campaigns in accordance with your budget? Cause I know that's different for everyone. Yes, it definitely is. Um, we will always focus on relevancy first in the beginning. Now, there are certain times if you're doing like a brand awareness play or you're like, wow, I've really targeted my market and I need to branch out. Like, what's the next hill? Absolutely. Go after categories, you know, like go after those brand awareness plays. But if you're in the beginning and you're in a launch, uh, the nuance of Amazon advertising is you're not building. You don't build the audience. Amazon has built the audience for you. All we're looking to do is use specific keywords or search terms to get in front of the audience that is already existing. And that's where relevancy comes in. So you're saying, where is my specific shopper? What are they using to search for products like mine? And I need to make sure I'm showing up there. So we're always going to prioritize that, that it typically is going to get you better conversions, you know, better clicks, more interactions with your brand and which should lead to more sales. And then also on the flip side, if you're doing this on launch, it is a really good um, product sort of evaluation because if you're showing up exactly in front of your target shoppers and your click-through rate is terrible and your conversion rate is terrible and like nobody's buying there's probably a signal that maybe there's things to adjust with the listing or other factors that you should look into. Yeah. And do you ever go into like branch into, I guess, supplementary keywords where maybe it's not exactly for the product, yes. but it's maybe like a related product and where mm -hmm. do you really place those sort of ads? Yeah. Um, so when we'll do it is really dependent on the overall performance and the uh, ad spend or profit goals, right? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it like seems so stupid simple, but if you are advertising more, 
you're going to be spending more. And if yeah. you're struggling to bring down total A costs or A costs, again, ad spend divided by ad sales, the one thing you can control with ads is the ad spend. So in those cases, when we're looking to bring down total A costs, we're typically looking at pulling back on ad spend. So if a product or brand is in that phase, I'm not going to be like, let's launch all these broad things. <laughs> we're not quite sure how they're going to convert, right? Um, so context is really key here. Um, but when it comes to branching out, it, it really is dependent. There will You will find certain products on launch where like for some reason – it's really difficult to convert on the highly relevant terms, but like adjacent markets or to your point, like re somewhat related keywords or related products actually work really well. So we're always going to prioritize what's working. So if we're like finding all of these search terms that are popping up through like say broad match or autos or something, we're like, wow, we weren't aware that our, this is actually a really great market for us, but it's very obvious looking at the data that's something that we should get. That's a direction we should go in. Then obviously we'll push towards that direction. Um, but depending on if we're going to like decide to branch out on our own, it probably is highly dependent on the ad spend. And then also sort of the phase of the product, meaning like how we kind of conquered everything and what's our next, what's our next play. Gotcha. And in, in terms of when you are launching, yes, we're going for the most relevant keywords, right. That are, mm -hmm. um, where you can find your target audience. But yeah. what about in terms of exact match? Like, yes, are, are you going directly into exact match and auto and broad all at the same time? Or are you just kind of doing exact first and then branching into yeah. auto? So we do like exact first. Um, I'm still a huge fan of like all the above exact phrase and broad. The, the one beginning. thing... The one thing that we have found is like with your exact match, you can just be more specific in where you're on what search pages you're spending your ad dollars on. So if you, especially if you have limited budgets in the beginning and you're like, Hey, I really want to make sure that I hyper target these keywords. Exact match makes a lot of sense. Um, now, if you're talking about, you know, like branching out, we're still going to, prioritize putting higher bids on our exact match keywords. So we're still going to try and have most of, uh, let me say this, if you're going to be aggressively spending on a specific search page, you're like, I've identified this keyword. This is my ranking keyword. I'm going to put a lot of budget behind it. Exact match all the way. Now, I don't want anyone to take that clip and be like, wow, she hates broad and freight. Like, no, <laughs> I love all the above. Like we run autos, we run multiple autos, category targeting, like all the above do it. But if you're trying to get really aggressive with something, it's just it's the nature of how the match type works more than like it's quote best because I don't really think it is. OK. All right. Now, I do see that we have some new questions, so let me go ahead and pop them up. We have can you give a refresher on how people can do modifiers since nowadays exact sometimes performs as phrase match and phrase sometimes is like broad. So if someone wants to make sure that an exact is that exact two word phrase, does adding a plus in the middle solve that? Yes, it does. But caveat, it only officially does in sponsor brand ads, unfortunately. Uh, if you look at the document, I mean, I got to go check it because they're like, they keep updating the documentation on the slide and like not notifying us. Um, but from my understanding and from the reps I've talked to and also the search term reports I've seen, um, modified broad match, I don't believe 100% works 
all the time in sponsored product ads, which is super annoying. Um, so for those of you listening who are unaware of what a modified broad match is or modified search terms, modified broad match is a thing in sponsored brand ads. So the way that broad match keywords work in sponsored brand ads, and they have since carried that over to sponsored product ads, is that um, it can not only target, you know, we did classic broad match, right? You can put keywords in the middle, you can swap stuff around. But like, if I had the keyword running shoe, right, both the word running and the word shoe must be present in the search term for your kind of traditional sponsored product broad match. It's not the case anymore. Um, You can target what's called related keywords. So for example, one would be like um, sneaker, right? It's kind of related to running shoe. And to be honest, I stuck a screenshot out on LinkedIn not that long ago. And I was like, how is this relevant? Like one of them, it was like targeting like a bread knife and the search term that it triggered was like ballerina farm. Go figure. I don't know. Um, But like, so you can get like this really weird funky stuff. So what we do to kind of combat that one, just keep up on your negatives these days. Like keep a sharp eye on your search and reports and add those negatives. Um, But the one thing that you can do to sort of like, uh, to Bradley's point, make um, each of those individual words have to show up is if in front of each of those words that you want to make sure are present in the search term, you can add a little plus symbol. So in the example of like, say, running shoes, I would say plus shoes plus what is our running, whatever, plus running plus shoes, right? Um, and then that and that would trigger to the algorithm, okay, you have to, you have to use these things inside of your searches, um, which again, is a factor in sponsored brand ads. If you look at the documentation, um, they do say that modified broad match is a thing and it's been a thing for a while. It just hasn't been super popular, but um, I haven't read documentation that they've roll that over into sponsored product ads. I don't think it's a bad idea to get in the practice of using modified broad match and sponsored product ads though. Okay. Thank you for answering that question. We also have another one that says, I'm going to be launching a brand new store for FBA and Shopify for my own manufactured product. What will you suggest that I do for the first few months? Well, I'm going to assume that the question is saying with ads because that's my area of expertise like new product launches there's a lot um so definitely follow human 10 because they have way more than just ad (laughs) advice to offer you but um as far as the advertising i would prioritize keyword research um for the product launches that actually would be really helpful when you're trying to vet even the space for your particular products um and then i would again i would hyper focus on relevancy in the beginning. I would run that in exact match, probably high bids. In the beginning, you're looking for two things. You're looking to get eyeballs on your product. Ideally, those eyeballs convert to sales. That has remained to be seen based on, you know, the how appealing your product is to the market and how good your search page is, etc. Um, but you want to get eyeballs on the product and then you want to use those eyeballs to sort of vet again how much the shoppers like your particular product for purchase. Um so that's what I do. I would focus on those again for like the first couple weeks is typically what we do. And then you might sort of branch out into, you know, phrase match, run auto campaigns, etc. How now here's the trick is how many keywords you choose in the beginning to launch is actually going to be determined by your budgets. 
Um, so I have seen so many sellers in the groups, like they'll be like, oh my gosh, I just launched and launched my ads and I'm spending like a thousand dollars a day and I can't afford it. And I don't know what's going on. Um, again, it's, it's simple, kind of seems like stupid logic, but the more keywords you're advertising on, the more clicks you're going to get, the more cost per clicks you're going to pay, the higher ad spend. So you actually want to factor in what you're doing for your launch strategy with your budgets. Like I just got off a client call and we're like, all right, we have these new product launches. Yeah. It's a really competitive space. It's like skincare. We're not going to have reviews in the beginning. Um, you know what? In the beginning, we're going to keep ad budgets really lean and we have a really good brand recognition. We're just going to leverage brand recognition because we know the conversion rates are going to be there. It's going to help us get the initial products, but we also are, um, understanding that if that's the strategy we're running, again, a little bit more limited, just leveraging brand, lower budgets, we're not expecting the sales to be exponential in the beginning. So it's like setting expectations and then kind of understanding uh, what makes sense for you at this stage. Okay. And keeping that in mind, the review portion that you're mentioning, right? You end up like, let's say, for example, I'm, I'm not sure if I'll pronounce it right, but in Sweat's example, right, his question, when he's launching, do you end up waiting for the reviews to file in before you are running those ads? Or do you end up just kind of going in? And uh, of course, there's many moving components, yeah, right? Yeah, there's, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, it depends on what the brands wants to do. Typically, we will start running stuff out of the gate. Again, we just kind of set expectations. The, the reason why ACOS is so high in the beginning is for two reasons. One, your conversion rate tends to be a little bit lower. And then two, your cost per clicks tend to be a little bit higher because you really are trying to get aggressive you know, to be able to get that visibility on the product. And then over time, ideally conversion rates improve because you get more reviews and then cost per clicks hopefully go down as you optimize. So between those two things, that helps it get better. So we just set expectations with like, hey, because we're, you know, conversion rates are low means it takes more clicks to convert, which means a cost is going to be a little bit higher. And we expect, you know, potentially sales not to be stellar out of the gate. You'll Sometimes you'll be surprised. Sometimes you launch a product, you're like, wow, this is amazing. This thing just absolutely took off. And I hope for all of you listening, that is the case for you and your new products, but it's not always the case. Um, so it's, it's really more setting expectations and then just deciding what makes sense for you. Okay. And why would someone um, create like a, a branded campaign if they have already have like their, their standard stuff? Do you maybe want to kind of talk a little bit about branded campaigns? Yep. So there's two kinds of like branded campaigns. One is considered branded or maybe like brand defense is what you might call it. So one of them is like if you have a whole bunch of products, what you might do is you would advertise your own products on uh, your other listings. The goal of that is you'd be like, hey, if somebody's going to click off, they might as well click onto my own product. You know, it, again, it's called like a defensive strategy because you're you're like kind of plugging, like people often refer to it, it's like plugging the ad spots, right? So my, com- my competition can't get this ad spot on my listing. Um, the other thing that you might do is if you have any branded searches happening, so people searching your brand on Amazon, then what you can do is you can, again, advertise your own products. And there's like... There's a lot of debate out there, right? They're like, oh, if I already have people searching for my brand, why in the world would I be spending on it? Because they're going to convert from my brand anyways. Yeah, that would, yeah, there's arguments to be made. Um, the things that you can do is you actually track 
your um, share of search in using search query performance reports to like look at your own branded traffic and be like, am I losing out on sales through my branded traffic? That's something you can do if you want to be like, is it worth it for me to run? Um, but the second thing and the one I was referring to um, when I was talking about like that more specific launch that we're doing is if you have great brand recognition, meaning there's a lot of people searching for your brand, you've already built up a lot of traffic to your current listings and you have a new product that like fits very well into that brand. So example I just gave was like, we have a brand that has a skincare line, right? Um, they have their launching complimentary products. They have really good repeat purchase rates. What we can do is for people searching their brand, we can make sure that the new products are then advertised and show up high on their branded search where they might show up lower before if we weren't leveraging ads for that. And then what happens is someone's typing in the brand like, oh, wow, there's a new product from this brand. Awesome. And most likely... Not always, but of course, you know, you, you read the data, but most likely you're going to get people purchasing. Very similar, you know, you can sh use ads to be able to get visibility, again, on your own products, but you're using your new offering. So that's kind of a way to like, if you have a good brand share to be like, hey, I got a new product. <laughs> Want to try it out? Um, using ads. Got it. And I see Sasha has a question here and it is, what's the best way to research Amazon keywords for low competition products? And I, I'll go ahead and add as well. What do you do in the case if let's say there is not necessarily a market, maybe it's a brand new product that doesn't end up having any sort of crossover uh, you're creating a sub-niche? Yes. Those are the most difficult. The two most difficult products to advertise for are one, to your point of like, there really is no relevant traffic for it. Or two, when you only have one keyword that has any search volume and there's like nothing else besides one or two keywords because every single one of your competitors knows those one or two keywords and there's really not anything else to choose from. So there's not really a way to like play a sophisticated game. You just got to like grin and bear it in those categories, which is like kind of painful sometimes. Um so reword, I mean, your your keyword research is really going to be exactly the same as for any other product. You're going to be looking at your competitors, seeing what they rank you for. I mean, like we use Helium 10, love Helium 10, just did a, um, a walkthrough of how we did keyword research using Helium 10. Like it's a really great tool. Um, the one different way that we have of um, generating your first key, we actually generate two keyword lists in the beginning. So what we'll do is we'll use say like a commonly searched keyword. So a lot of times people will start with like, all right, type in a commonly searched keyword and then like look at the ranked comp competitors, choose them, you know, choose the relevant ones and then go through that. What we will do is we will take um, that first you know, pretty general keyword that we're pretty sure is relevant to the products. And what we'll do is we'll type that into, and I'm going to get them mixed up. I want to say it's magnet. It's the keyword research tool. So you type it in and then you look at search. So you sort by search volume. And what we'll do is we'll actually go down that first list and find what we call our highest search volume, most relevant keyword. So what you're looking for is the intersection between where you actually have good shopper search. And then it's also relevant to your product because the more hyper relevant you get to the product, typically speaking, not always, the lower your search volume is going to be on those keywords. So you're like, all right, what's my top of the mountain? Because oftentimes people will be like, oh, metal cup, that's a great keyword. Yes, but it's not 
highly relevant keywords. So you're looking right. for like women's metal cup for running or something like, is there a good search volume there? How can I like niche down into that? And then what we'll do is we'll take that search page for our highly relevant keyword and use that as our springboard to find our top competitors. Amazing. All right. So we do also have a question from David where he asks, how would you use, um, not sure what that's supposed to say for top competitive keywords when your product have multiple attributes such as gold diamond ring, gold solitaire ring, and engagement rings. Should I run Cerebro on each? Um, good question. How would you? I'm assuming that's just supposed to be how would you search for top competitive keywords? So, yeah. So I would I would just look for I would look for whatever is the highest relevancy, highest search volume one. That's going to give you, and you're going to have a lot of applicable keywords. So um, the walkthrough that I did, I think it's just yesterday. Uh, what we did is we were looking at baby blanket and what we start doing with our final keyword list when we're looking, again, we're prioritizing relevancy is you will find what we call buckets of keywords, right? So when I was doing baby blanket, it was like girls receiving blanket receiving blanket for boys. Like, so I'm like, okay, there's a bunch of girl keywords and there are a bunch of boy keywords. And these are actually a little bit related to specific variations. So you can start getting really sophisticated with it. But as you do that keyword research and as you're looking for that relevancy, you're probably going to find a lot of these buckets. So what we'll do on launch is we'll like take our group out and be like, okay, so to your point, um, we have a bunch of diamond keywords. Oh, wait, I have a bunch of solitaire keywords, right? So you can actually group those. I can take all my solitaire ones and be like, hmm, I wonder if the search term solitaire is, I wonder if people like my product in relation to that search. Okay, so let me take that out. Let me put those in their own campaign. I'll label the campaign like solitaire keywords or something. And then I would advertise the products there or engagement ranks, right? Okay, maybe that's applicable to my product. Let me, again, pull those out and put them in a subgroup in a campaign. The reason why I like doing this is because then I can just scan campaign manager instead of having to like go in and like look at a campaign with like the solitaire keywords, the engagement ring keywords, gold diamond keywords. I can be like, oh, these are subgrouped in campaigns. And then when I'm in campaign manager, I can simply look at how each of those three campaigns are performing and be like, oh, wow, it seems like gold diamond ring keywords actually perform best. And you still want to analyze at a keyword level, but that makes it a little bit more scalable to like understand uh, shopper search behavior in relation to your product. Now I see that David also would like to know about the filter for keyword sales filter, which it is essentially just telling you on average how many sales occur for that particular keyword every single month. Mm -hmm. So that's really what you're looking at there. But Elizabeth, maybe you want to expand on whether that's something that you end up looking at when you're doing your keyword research for these different brands that you work with. I don't really. <laughs> if we're being honest, the, the, the two things that I look at actually, probably three things, um, is I would like to look at, we look at numbers to so the count of competitors that are ranking again, because we're doing that whole like find, you know, do the first list to find the second keyword to find the really, really super specific products. So if you can find good, super specific products, then you can kind of like use their ranking on the keywords. So actually, I love that Helium 10 added in that column because it was one that a lot of us were like calculating. We're not like, oh, thank God, I don't have to do the formula. I've just already filtered for the list. So it's really awesome. Um, so we'll download that list and then, you know, we'll just see what's the highly relevant and then kind of cross check that with search volume. Um, you can use, I don't think it's a bad idea to use um, 
you know, kind of like the sales volume. Cause sometimes what you'll find is that even though there's like a high search volume, if the keyword is sort of like a little bit broader keyword, you might actually not have as much sales volume through those keywords as you would think. So it's not a bad idea to analyze it at all. Um, We just find if we're like, again, we're super honed in on that relevancy factor, then we tend to come up with the ones that have better sales volume anyways. Okay, I think that's really, really insightful. We also have Sergio. Do you like to use the same keywords for each campaign in broad... Uh, in broad phrase and exact campaigns? I do. Um, I would say the one sort of, um, not qualifier I would put on that, the one thing you should be aware of, I would recommend keeping the bids lower in the broad and the phrase match. I don't always agree with Amazon's recommendations, but if you listen to their recommendations on this, they actually uh, recommend that you keep bids lower. Okay. And Sasha has a question. If I was to start selling a product that has a monthly volume of 60,000 units a month, how should I position myself? Should I run ads? Um, I would first want to know how the product performs. That's your, that's your first goal. You want to figure out what your average, what your actual average cost per click is. And you want to figure out what your actual conversion rate is. Once you have those factors, you can actually start building projection models and sales projection models and stuff. Uh, Actually, it's not hard <laughs> to build um, search or not search uh, traffic projection models based on like, oh, I want to hit, you know, 50K a month in products. OK, this is my conversion rate. What, what you need is you need your conversion rates. Really, you really need your conversion rates is the main one. And then you're going to need your cost per clicks in the ads to be like, all right, this is what it's going to cost me right now. You're going off of nothing. Um So I know I've said it about 20 different times on this live, but I'm going to say it again. Relevancy, focus in on your exact target market, see what your numbers tell you, and then you can build up from there. I think that's a good plan. So hopefully that is helpful for you, Sasha. I see we have uh, Sweats leaving, but he has found the response is informative. Now, I wanted to touch on something we talked about at the beginning of this call, which is Q4, right? We, we've been talking a little bit about auditing your strategy and some general PPC knowledge. But also, what, what about, I'm sure a lot of you guys that are watching, if you're already selling, then you probably are in full swing. Maybe you've already gone ahead and optimized your listings for Q4, but what happens if maybe somebody is just starting to be like, oh no, I completely dropped the ball. Do you have, hopefully not, hopefully none of you guys are in that position, but let's say something like that happens sort of maybe, maybe if you have a take on what somebody can do to make sure that they're still able to tap in on Q4's potential. Yeah. So we're assuming it's a brand new launch product and we have nothing. We can assume that they, they've been selling for a while, but they haven't okay. changed anything for Q4. Ah, got it, got it, got it. Okay, no, that's fine. Um, so I would say if you're already selling, most likely you, you probably have some ad structure. You're not in a bad spot, <laughs> okay? Q4, right before Black Friday, Cyber Monday, we're not launching a whole bunch of test campaigns. Don't do it um, because what happens is Black Friday, Cyber Mondays, uh, really what you're doing, you don't get same, I know there's hourly data available, but honestly, nobody's really looking at that. And inside campaign manager, you're not going to be able to say like, oh, okay, I got, um, you know, 20, you know, my ACOS is so much better uh, this last hour. So let me like increase these budgets, right? What you have to do is you have to look back at historical data. 
So if you want to test anything, do it before this week is out. Like get those campaigns up, get that data uh, because you're going to be completely flying blind. If you launched like a bunch of stuff um, a day before, like you're completely flying blind on performance metrics. And it's so easy because of how many clicks are happening on the platform um, to like really lose your shirt. So I would say if you're like, oh my gosh, I don't have any specific campaign set up for Black Friday. That's fine. You're actually in a really good spot. So what you want to do these weeks leading up to it, you actually still have time. You want to go into your account and you want to evaluate what is working now, what is crushing it right now. And then I'm going to make sure as that traffic comes in that those have good budgets. I have healthy bids on them. To be honest, days of, for the most part, unless we have like a really specific keyword on a very specific brand. They're like, we have to be aggressive when we must win top of search for this particular keyword. For the most part, we're adjusting budgets day of is our, is our typical optimizations. So what we're doing prior to that is we're like, all right, if we're going to be increasing budgets, we want to make sure that all of this is super solid. So you're doing two things. One, you're identifying all the stuff that really works and you're like, all right, I need to make sure Again, budgets are healthy, bids are healthy, all my optimizations are done. And then the second thing we're doing, and this is also very important, is what is all the stuff that's not working? <laughs> Meaning, clicks with no sales. Where are all my high A costs, low sale keywords going on? Here's a good one. What are all my untested stuff that I've just been increasing bids? So it's so easy if you're like, normal optimizations, right? We're going to go in, what has no impressions? Increase the bids. We do this as well. It is not a bad practice. What often happens, especially if you don't have any caps. So we have caps. We're like, all right, we're never going to increase past, you know, X amount of dollars or whatever. Um, If you don't have any caps, sometimes what happens is you're like, you can end up with like $10 bits. So what I would recommend doing, go into your targeting tab. I would filter for everything with zero orders, or you could just leave it totally blank. Sort by the bid. What has the highest bid in your account? And you might look at it and be like, holy crap, I had no idea that was in there. And what you want to do is what we call like a a bid reset. So you're just looking at all this stuff and you're like, hey, it's not getting any impressions anyways. It's not going to hurt me if I lower my bids, but then at least I know when that traffic hits, all of a sudden that like random keyword that didn't have any search volume that I had like a $10 bid on, it's not going to like pop off and waste all of my ad budgets. Um, There's another filter that is really helpful to identify the irrelevant stuff. I'm not saying pause all these things. I'm saying use this filter to bring to the top everything that you're like, how the heck did that get in there? Because it's super easy when we're like looking in our search term reports, right? We're like, oh, this converted once. Let me go test it. Mm -hmm. Again, great practice. What happens is sometimes you get like these random things in the account. So easy for it to happen. Um, So what you do is you go, again, targeting tab is going to be your friend here. You're going to want to filter um, for... Anything that has, um, what is it? Zero clicks, uh, zero, maybe one to two clicks. We're looking for impressions. It has probably at least a thousand impressions on it. And you want to filter the click-through rate by anything that is lower than maybe a 0.2 or a 0.15. So this says it's got a lot of impressions. It's not really doing anything in terms of sales volume. And it's got really bad click-through rates. And then sort that by uh, either your click-through rates highest or lowest to highest, or you can maybe start by impressions, um, highest to lowest. So what you're trying to do is like, what it is has a bunch of eyeballs that like nobody cares about, right? And what you're doing is that kind of brings up, so a lot of people saw it, 
not a lot of people clicked on it, which oftentimes means like irrelevant stuff. And because it's only gotten a couple of clicks, right? There's not a lot of data. So it hasn't like moved into our optimization sequences. So again, it's just like a once over of the account. The first time you do this, you'll probably be like, what the heck is like, why is that there? And then if you find that great, you know, pause it, put low bids on it, you know, just kind of, again, we're doing like cleanup. If you don't find anything that doesn't make sense for you, kudos to you, you're doing really, really good targeting. But either way, it's a really good to give it like a once over before, again, traffic hits and things kind of go crazy. Now, um, we do also have your keyword sale filter says 89 with low search volume and another keyword has 20 keyword sales, but a higher search volume is there one that you would kind of opt for? I know you said you don't typically look at the keyword sales filter. Yeah, uh, so the two things I would look for is one, I'm going to say it again, relevancy. I, I believe in it so strongly. I'm going to say it again. Um, and then the other thing that you would look at is, you know, the uh, Helium 10, which again, another thing that I appreciate that you guys have added to the download keyword reports is um, the recommended bids. Now, again, you guys are pulling them direct from the API. Like Amazon does provide the recommended bids. However, as we all know, like if you go and you launch a campaign and you like add different products, the recommended bids change. So they're benchmarks. Don't take them as gospel, but they are really helpful to, again, kind of help you identify how competitive a particular keyword is over the other. So like if budgets were concerned and you're like, well, you know, this one has like 20 sales, like the sales volume is pretty good, but like, wow, that one's really competitive. I got to pay $2 cost per click versus the other one where I'm like, well, I only have to pay like 50 cents cost per click. That probably would play into my decision. Okay. All right. There's, I know I said two, but let's just do this last one and then we'll, we'll call it end. <laughs> so how do you structure your top keyword campaigns versus your complimentary keywords? I know we briefly touched on this earlier. Yeah. Um, so I will catch this by saying I'm not a huge fan of doing everything as a single keyword campaign. I think it's way too overkill. You end up getting way more confused than you do in sight uh, from doing it like that. That being said, if we do definitely have like a top keyword, we are going to put that in a single keyword exact match specific campaign. Um, the sort of it depends questions and answers that I always give is the more the higher amount of control I need over where I'm going to be directing my ad spend, um, the less keywords I want to have. The more important it is for me to gain impressions on this keyword um, for, again, for my campaign strategy, the less keywords I'm going to have. So if it is a top keyword, if it's my main ranking keyword, if it's super, super important to me, single keyword campaign, right? Because that's, I need to control ad spend. I need a lot of impressions on this, it's super, super important. Versus another keyword set, right? Maybe I don't really have it. So the other very other end of the spectrum is going to be like a whole bunch of, a campaign that actually works really well for us is single word, meaning like, you know, cup, bowl, dish, uh, in broad match, low bits. Do not put high bits on these. Even if you have grade A costs, don't put high bits. Not a good idea. Uh, but we'll run these all the time. But what happens is because we cap our bids at say, I think it's around 25 cents, maybe 30 cents, maybe even 15 cents, we never intend to grow our bids past that, right? So how is it important for me to control ad spend at the campaign level? Not really because I'm controlling it at my bid level, right? How important is it for me to gain impressions? Not really because I'm expecting half of these keywords to not get impressions, whatever. So I would be fine with putting, you know, say 50, 100 keywords in that campaign, right? Because for me, it makes no sense to create 
10 different campaigns that I have to like keep an eye on versus just one where I can be like, oh yeah, that's that strategy. Ah, that's kind of like my background thing, right? Um, so I would look at it through that lens again. How important is it for me to control spend at the campaign level? And then how important is it for me to gain impressions on these particular keywords? The more emphatically you answer yes to those two questions, the less keywords you should have in that campaign, the more you don't really care about those two things or they don't really matter as much, then I would be okay with a lot more keywords. All right. Well, wonderful. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for your time and your information, your knowledge. Uh, we appreciate it. I know a lot of people learned quite a bit. Sasha says, thank you. We have Sweat who says, uh, you know, he, he was also waiting on those other questions that you were answering. That was very informative. So we do appreciate it so, so much. And yeah, that is it for today, you guys. We'll catch you on the next Tacos Tuesday. Awesome. Thanks. I appreciate it.